Thank you for listening to the Ablaze Church Sermon Podcast. Our purpose at Ablaze is to love God, love others, follow Jesus, and tell others. If you are looking for a church home in the Tulsa area, we'd love to have you join us for worship on Saturdays at 6.30 p.m. or Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, please visit our website at ablazechurch.org. Now, we have a theme here at Ablaze for the whole year. It's what does God want us to be thinking about? What does God want us to put first? That's why it's called first things. Do you know what's first in your life? Or do you know what God wants you to have first in your life? Number one, his kingdom. His presence, his kingdom on earth and his will to be done in your life. Beginning of this month and which will carry us all the way to Easter, we began a series that is called First and Foremost in Overcoming based upon the words of Jesus once again found in John 16, 33. He says, I tell you these things so that in me you can have peace for in this world you will have tribulation. But take heart. I have overcome the world, Jesus said. Now, this series began when we took a close look at how do you overcome a Goliath in your life? Have you ever faced a Goliath? Well, we learned from King David when he was a little shepherd boy. He went forward, faced Goliath, and said, the battle is the Lord's. Boy, if we could just remember that every time we face a big thing in our lives. The second week, we learned about how do you overcome weakness? Ever felt weak in your life? Well, you overcome with his strength. Listen to what the Bible says. When we are weak, we are strong if we give it to the Lord. Don Cook was here, and he gave us a wonderful message about how you overcome falsehood with truth. Jesus was the truth incarnate, and this is the truth about the gospel. Jesus left heaven, came to earth, and stayed to die for you, for you, and for me. Last week, I spoke to you about overcoming evil. Have you ever had something evil happen to you in life, or somebody do something evil to you? Yeah, how do you overcome that? Uh, Do you curse it? (laughs) Do you rehearse it? Do you nurse it? No, you reverse it, the Bible says. You repay evil with good. Isn't that the story of, the, of Beauty and the Beast? Belle, beautiful, loves the beast, and the beast becomes beautiful. Isn't that our story as Christians? God, who is beautiful, has loved us, even though we're sinners. And through that, we become a new creature, a new creature. We are beautiful in the eyes of God. Well, today, I want to speak to you about overcoming anxiety with peace. And of course, that's his peace. Do you have anxiety this morning? Is there something that you fear this morning? Have you ever said, I'm on pins and needles? Have you ever fretted about something? You ever have an angst? Or maybe like Elvis, ever been all shook up? (laughs) Ah. Now, the German word for fear is this, choking. 
fear will choke literally the life right out of you. Listen to the words of Paul. Ephesians 4, verse 6. You ready? Do not be anxious about anything. <laughs> Easier said than done, right? You know what the Greek word for anxious or anxiety, excuse me? It's split mind. When you're fearful or uh, you have anxiety, it's your mind that is split. Do you realize that 90%, these studies have been done, 90% of the things you fear in life do not happen? 97% of the 90% that you fear that does not happen is exaggerated by your mind. Your mind exaggerates things and makes a mountain out of a molehill. Has that ever happened to you? How many of you have ever seen the movie Back to the Future? Yeah, Marty McFly, okay. Dr. Emmett Brown, what do they try to do? Go back. <laughs> go back and change things, right? Or the next movie, they go to the future and try to change things. Folks, that's a movie. It's not real. Okay, sorry to disappoint you. But don't we try to do that with anxiety and with fear? Don't we spend a lot of time going, thinking, oh, I should have, I could have, I would have. You can't change the past with worry. And guess what? You can't change the future with worry and anxiety. You know, the only thing you can do is ruin today, the present. That's why it's called the present, because it's a gift from God. And we have worry and anxiety. How do you overcome things like this? It begins little and just snowballs. You know, I have a test today. And if I don't pass the test, I'm going to be on probation at school. And if I get on probation at school, they're going to throw me out of school. And if I get thrown out of school, I won't get a job. And if I won't get a job, I won't be able to buy a house. And if I don't buy a house, I won't get married. And if I don't get married, I won't have any children. Oh, the moral of that little story is what? If I don't pass my test, it's the end of the world. Hmm. There is no God. <laughs> It's all ruined. Your mind becomes split. Hmm. I mean, can you fill in the blank? Okay, I'm ready to throw in the... Oh, I'm nothing but a bundle of... Ah, oh, yeah. You guys are pretty good at this. Okay, I'm at my wits... I'm at the end of my, oh, you've all been there, obvious, yeah, yeah. So, what do we learn from God? What's first and foremost when it comes to overcoming fear and anxiety? If you don't have it today, you may have it tomorrow. Let's take a look at what Paul says. Number one, he's, I mean, the first thing he says, don't be anxious about anything. Okay, but 
Here's that but. Here's the antidote. Here's what you all need to hear. But in everything by prayer. Let's stop there. Step number one. In everything by prayer. Do you know what prayer means? I truly believe if I asked 20 of you what prayer means, I'd probably get 15 different answers. Let me give you the simplest form or answer when it comes to prayer. You ready? A two-way conversation with God. Let me say that again. So you guys, there's no mistake. What is prayer? A two-way conversation with God. Have you ever had a one-way conversation with somebody? Maybe you're talking to somebody and they just don't listen to you. They tune you out. Oh, let me rephrase that. Has anybody here raised a teenager? <laughs> imagine how frustrated, imagine that frustration when somebody tunes you out. Can you imagine how God feels about us when we tune him out and we make it just a one-way conversation? We're so good at that. You see, a two-way conversation is we talk to God and God talks to us. How does God talk to us? Through the scriptures. Meaning if you really want to have a wonderful and a prayerful life, it means you listen to God. That means you're in his word. Listen to what he says to us in that two-way conversation. I work for the good of everyone who loves me. Nothing is impossible with me. Ask and you shall receive, seek, you will find, knock and the door will be open. Come to me when you are heavily laden and I will give you rest. I tell you these things so that in me you may have peace. Prayer is a contemplation of the facts of life from the highest perspective. Let me say that again. Prayer is the contemplation of the facts of life from the highest level. It's a two-way conversation. That's prayer. Now, Paul says, in everything, in prayer. And then he takes us to the second step. How do you remove or how do you overcome fear and anxiety in your life? You better be talking to God and allow him to talk to you. Step number two, and supplication. Do you know the difference between prayer and supplication? Hmm. Let me tell you the difference. One is prayer, a conversation. Two-way. Supplication is earnest conversation with God. Let me kind of give you an example, okay? You're driving your car, and the light comes on because your gauge is below E. At that point, you're having a conversation with God, aren't you? Oh, Lord, I'm running out of gas. Please, I need a gas station coming up real soon, right? <laughs> but when that engine starts chugging and dies, 
then it gets earnest. <laughs> then it's a supplication. Lord, please! Okay? There was uh, three ministers talking about what makes prayer earnest. And one minister said, well, when you look up to God with your eyes and your hands up, the second minister said, no, no, no. When you're on your knees, that makes it earnest. The third one said, no, when you're flat on your face, prostrate before God. That's what makes it earnest. And overhearing this was an electrician, a linesman for PSO. And he says, now the most earnest prayer I ever prayed was dangling from an electrical pole 40 feet above ground by my ankle. <laughs> that. Prayer is when you go to the doctor and you know he's going to do some blood work and he's going to do a biopsy and you're saying, all right, Lord, you know, I want the right doctor. You're, you're talking to him about the facts of life and you say, well, you know, Lord, I'm kind of worried about this, you know, this and that and you're talking to God. Supplication is when the doctor walks into the room with you and looks you in the eye and says, you have cancer. Now all of a sudden, Lord, please. All of a sudden, it's desperate. It's earnest. All of, see, you're going to have these issues in life. God wants you to be talking to him daily. The best example of that, prayer, that two-way conversation is Adam and Eve in the garden talking with God in the cool of the day. It's a daily thing. There's going to come a time when that supplication is going to hit you and it's going to hit you hard when something happens to your child or something happens to your spouse. You go, oh Lord, oh Lord. How do you get over that anxiety and fear? How do you overcome it? Okay, Paul says, number one, you better be talking to God all the time as a Christian. Number two, there's going to become a time when you're going to plead with that supplication as it becomes so serious. And he says, step number three, you ready for this? With thanksgiving. Step number three is begin to give thanks. Let me tell you the most purest form of worship, the most purest form of worship is when you thank God. When you thank God for everything he's given to you. Now, how does that work out? So your car is on E and the light is on. Oh, Lord, I need a gas station. Chug-a-chug, mm, dead. Oh, Lord. You get out of that car and you say, oh, Lord, thank you. That gas station is only one mile away, not 10. Thank you, Lord, that I don't need a new engine, just a gallon of gas. Thank you, Lord, I'm not going to be spending thousands of dollars to fix this car. I just need a little gas. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. You begin to worship God. It's when the doctor comes in and points at you and say, you have cancer. What do you do? Oh, Lord, I need you. Then you start worshiping him. That means you start thanking me. Thank you, Lord, for this doctor. 
Thank you for this hospital. Thank you for medicine, like chemotherapy. Thank you for radiation. And you ready for this one? Thank you, Lord, that I have cancer and not my child, not my wife. Thank you, Lord, for giving it to me. There's no doubt in my mind, Danny, that if God could have came to you and said, all right, family, somebody's got to get cancer, that you, who's going to be first? Give it to me. Alan and Laura Hubbard dealing with cancer. Is there any doubt in your mind if God could have came to the family and said, now listen here, Alan and company, you got beautiful children here, but one of you has got to deal with the tribulation called cancer. Who is it? There's not a doubt in my mind that Alan would step forward and say, give it to me. I don't know about you, but I raised four children and I talked to God every day about those children. And I, there were times that it was a supplication. I, when they were sick, I said, Lord, please. Take it out on me. Maybe you said those prayers, but I want you to know I have 14 grandchildren now. And just two nights ago, my little Ari, who's closest to me here in Tulsa, she was throwing up in the middle of the night. And I, when I heard that, I fell asleep with this supplication. Lord, please don't let anything happen to my little granddaughter. Give it to me. I will gladly take it and thank you for it. Don't let anything happen to her. When's the last time you thanked God for an issue, a concern, a problem that you had to deal with and nobody else had to or somebody in your family? You see the difference? It's saying, God, I'm trusting you. My mind is not split. I know you're in charge and you love me. The purest form of worship is thanking God no matter what happens. You know, in the old spiritual hymns that we sing, there's a song we sing at Thanksgiving. You know, praise and thanksgiving, Father, we offer for all things living, created good. Harvest and sown field, fruit of the orchard. Hay from a mowing field, blossom and good. When's the last time in your supplication you turn and you started thanking God? Let me tell you what will happen. Fear. Anxiety will be chased away. It's really hard to be thanking God and worrying at the same time. Paul says, listen, be talking to God. Cry out to God. He wants you to cry out to him. But then start worshiping. Start thanking him. And then listen to what Paul says. Last, not first. Last thing you do is this, and let your request be made known to God. 
He loves it when we request things of him. He already knows before you ask. Do you realize that? But he wants you to ask. He's a heavenly father. It's like you want your children to ask things of you because you can provide. He can provide for you. He wants us to ask, but we learn to end every prayer. Ready? As Jesus did. Not my will, but your will be done. You know how we do that? You may not even realize this. You know what amen means? Let it be so according to your will. Let me say that again. Every time you pray and you say amen, you're saying to God, it's in your hands. I let go according to your will. Seek first my kingdom and my righteousness and I'll take care of everything. That's his promise. <laughs> Not my will. Your will be done. Then, here's the promise. You ready? <laughs> Not as the world gives, but this only can come from God. You ready? And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. Let me say that again. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will, not might or could, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's a promise for today. Let me tell you about worship, what you're doing here and now. It's in the present. It's not dealing with the past or the future. It's right here and now. When I stand up before all of you and announce the absolution, or when Dr. Spomer announces the forgiveness of God, or when Don Cook announces God's forgiveness in your life, we don't say, and Jesus has forgiven you. It is true, he has forgiven you in the past. But that absolution is here and now. Your sins are forgiven today in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yes, you were baptized. Said somebody, were you baptized? Yes, I was baptized in the past where God washed you and marked you. But if somebody asks you, you say, I am baptized Today, I am washed. I am marked. I am a believer today. And when we celebrate the Lord's Supper, which we will in a few moments, I don't stand before all of you and say, this was the body of Christ. No, I stand before you and say, this is the body of Christ today, here and now where two or three are gathered, Christ is present. And I take that cup and I say, this is the blood of Christ for you today. Given and shed for the forgiveness of your sins. It's here and now today that God communes with you. He forgives you. He renews you. He strengthens you. We worship a God who's present today. And that's part of the present of today. And he encourages us he blesses us. He gives us his peace. Listen to the words of Jesus. I tell you these things so that in me, you 
can have peace. In this world, you will have tribulation, bad days, difficulties. You will be shook up. You will have a split mind. But take heart. Take heart. I, Jesus says, has overcome the world. I have overcome the world. That victory is your victory. And you can overcome fear and anxiety with my peace. And the only thing we can say to that, right? Say it with me. Amen. Amen.